of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. National Letter of Intent Day, Early Signing Day, whatever you want to call it. College uh, football programs get the official Letter of Intent signed from their uh, kids that they're recruiting. And the Buckeyes going to finish in the top ten for sure with this year's recruiting class. But they did lose some players to other schools. The NIL factor, the transfer portal factors in to break it all down. Let's go to the hotline right now and bring in the outstanding OSU beat reporter at Bucknuts.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Steve Hellwagon. He is Steve Hellwagon. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? Well, uh, NIL factoring into uh, you know the recruiting process now. The Buckeyes, though, uh, from what I'm reading, if you average everything out, Steve, they're going to have probably a top five class, but a little bit tougher nowadays with uh, the ability to offer NIL elsewhere. How big of a topic was that today when you guys went to discuss uh, the recruits this year with Ryan Day? Yeah, Coach Day spoke for about 40, 45 minutes, and I bet about half the questions were about name, image, and likeness. And to be very honest with you, we still don't, as outsiders in this whole process, understand entirely what is really going on, what the rules are, what's being allowed. And as uh, Coach Day said, there really doesn't seem to be any kind of enforcement from the NCAA for schools that are willing to provide inducements uh, to high school players. So... Uh, you know, we're in a transitional phase, a constant phase of transition in college athletics with uh, NIL and the transfer portal. And I think that, uh, you know, in the years to come, uh, hopefully there'll be some type of legislation that comes in that, that kind of streamlines this whole process and everybody operates from a, a level playing field. But again, you, you say those words level playing field, and then there'll be people that say, you know, Ohio State with 100,000 people coming to their games and all the revenue that comes in from that isn't working on a level playing field with the mid-American schools or even Indiana, which, you know, is lucky to draw forty or 50,000 people a game to their stadium. So a uh, level playing field is all in the eye of the beholder, so to speak. But as uh, Rodney Dangerfield said uh, in, uh, in Caddyshack, keep it fair, keep it fair. So that's, uh, that's all we're looking for here. <laughs> Steve, I had to think long and hard about how I was going to ask this next question because I was going to say, what's the difference between a four- and a five-star recruit? <laughs> One star. That's not the way I'm going to ask it. I have to ask it this way. What's the criteria for grading recruits between three, four, and five stars? Yeah, that's a really good question. I know that our network, 24-7 Sports, uh, conveys about – 25 to 35 stars every year and every cycle. And what happens is they start assessing these guys when they're freshmen and sophomores in high school with their game tape. And then also what they do at national camps and combines. And then you also look at all the offers that they have. And I can remember, you know, back when uh, Pete Carroll had USC rolling, if Pete Carroll came in with an offer for a kid, you knew it was the gold standard because, you know, they had the best program in college football there for about five or six years there in the early 2000s. Well, now it's kind of shifted to Alabama 
Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, you know, uh, you know, all in that mix. And if one of those schools comes in, then that gives that kid a little bit more, uh, you know, so cliche or however you want to put it, you know, you got to consider him a little bit higher prospect. So um, I think that it kind of all goes into the blender. But in general, <clears throat> what our network, 24-7 Sports, is looking for with those 30 guys that they give the five stars to, they are saying in three, four years, is this a guy who's going to be a first-round NFL draft choice? And, you know, some of that's kind of weird, too, because you have a quarterback like Tim Tebow who can be part of two national championship teams at uh, the college level but may not necessarily translate to being uh, the best NFL quarterback, although I do recall he did win a playoff game for Denver over Pittsburgh many thousand years ago in the yep. in the way back. But uh, at any rate, I digress. But, uh, right. yeah, that's what they're looking for, guys who project uh, to be uh, the best players in the country and the, and the ultimately NFL uh, stars. That's what, that's what they're looking for. I don't know what year they went to this star system, three, four, five star. I don't believe there's a two or a one star. I don't know. But when they started doing this, to the best of your knowledge, with the exception of Justin Fields, and I'm assuming he was a five-star, but we didn't recruit him. We got him through the transfer portal. Have the Buckeyes ever had a five-star quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, you know, Terrell Pryor was probably a national top one, two, three prospect, although he wasn't, you know, what he didn't play a lot of quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, his biggest exploits as a quarterback in the NFL, what he set a record for a, length of a rushing touchdown by a quarterback 90 some yards with the with the Raider I can't remember if they were Oakland LA or right. <laughs> wherever it's they were like a, the John Mellencamp John Cougar or whatever yeah Same exactly thing. so yeah I um you know that's a great question and I think uh Stroud was probably a four-star mm-hmm. uh, Fields would have been a five-star coming out of high school but obviously went to Georgia first uh, that is that is a really uh, tremendous question. I don't think either of the guys that got the last two years, McCord or Brown, were five-star guys, but uh, still high four-star guys, no mm-hmm. doubt. And uh, they took a quarterback in this class. I have to say it's Lincoln Keenholes from that football juggernaut in Pierre, South <laughs> Dakota. So he, he was committed to Washington previously. He's ranked as the number 200 overall uh, player in the country. And, uh, you know, take that for whatever it's a kid from Nevada. What was that? Tate? uh, What was his name? I think he's Tate Martell. Yes. He was a five star. He was in the top 20, 30, 40. Right. He was up there. No doubt. I mean, he'd never lost a high school game at Bishop Gorman. And I'm going to interject real quick, guys. Terrell Pryor was a five star. And the reason I, I remember this and I looked it up is he played at Jeanette High School, who my high school, Springdale High School, used to play in football when I was uh, back in in, uh, school back in the 80s. So he was a five-star. i got to check on Tate Martell, too. They may be the only two, though. Collectively, there it is, one or maybe two. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Steve, who is the best player in this class? Who is the standout guy, okay? Okay, uh, The the quarterback's a four-star, so it's not him. uh, As they lost one guy to Florida State, he comes in to replace him. So who who are the guys that could possibly see action next year for Ryan Day? Well, in this class, they took seven guys who are in the national top 100, and that is honestly on par with, just about any other year that Ohio State, you know, with these football recruiting classes, the number one recruit 
is a wide receiver. Actually, uh, three of the top four recruits are wide receivers. Go figure that hmm. after the haul that uh, Brian Hartline's had the last several years with the uh, Smith, the Jigba class uh, two years ago, and then, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison's class, and then uh, up through, uh, you know, the guys they signed last year. And now the, the three receivers are Brandon Ennis from uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Noah Rogers uh, from Rollsville, North Carolina, and Carnell Tate from IMG Academy in Florida. Tate is actually from Chicago originally, so he was a little bit more predisposed to go to a school in the Midwest. But uh, those three guys are going to be fighting for playing time a year from now. Brandon Ennis, uh, the top one of the group, six foot, 190 pounds. And so, uh, you know, those are probably the three big names. The top name from Ohio is Luke Montgomery, an offensive lineman from Findlay, Ohio, over near Toledo. So, uh, you know, they did a bang-up job. It looks to me with wide receiver, offensive line, and maybe defensive line, uh, and then just kind of sprinkled some guys in around all that is how I would look at it. Hey, a buddy of mine just texted us listening. He said, don't forget about Quinn Ewers. He was a five-star guy as well. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, How could we forget well, because he only Cause he lasted uh, he didn't for play. Uh, one season yeah. and got what go, 10 for 10 in one game. And then the uh, next thing you know, he's going back to Texas where he's probably going to lose his job this year to Arch Manning, who just signed uh, at Texas this hey, year. So it's going to be interesting. Maybe he'll throw himself back into the transfer portal and come back home. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a Anything is possible. You think that'll ever happen, fellas? Anybody uh, will? Sure at some point. That, you know, I did hear of a player somewhere who was going back to his first school. Really? I forget where it was. But, yeah, I have to keep an eye out on that one. But, yeah, it, it you know, anything's possible. Sure. And uh, it's a relationship business. That's what Coach Day said. One of the reporters said, okay, let's say you don't find a guy that you've recruited heavily and gotten to know his family and everything. You just put a buck in his ear that, hey, if it never works out for you mm-hmm. there, give us a buzz, you know, or something like yeah. that. He says, I can't tell you that we honestly are recruiting guys to transfer here after they don't, uh, you know, a year or two down the line. But uh, he says it is a relationship business. And um, so, you know, guys who they have worked with in the past uh, on recruiting, you know, they they maintain those relationships Mm -hmm. and and rebuild those bridges when the time comes. Well, it's changed already, though, Steve, because a lot of these guys, they would would leave because there was a lack of playing time. Now – it may not be a lack of tra- playing time. Now these guys in the transfer portal, they're sought after. And it's, it's amazing because, you know, yesterday's lunch is today's special. And you start thinking about, okay, wait a minute. This isn't just some guy that was, it's unhappy because he was playing at Rutgers. I'm good enough to go start at Ohio State. Let's start this process again. And now, rather than Brian Hartline simply going after these high school kids, You've got to designate somebody to be in charge of this transfer portal, don't you? Yeah, they have a guy, Mark Pantoni, who's the head of recruiting and what you know, player personnel, I guess, here at Ohio State. Mm. And I think one of his jobs is to keep uh, an eye on the portal and, and see wow. what names every day go in. Are they, you know, names that you know? Do they keep a dossier on players at every Man. school in the country? That'd be a huge database Ooh. for this school to kind of maintain, but. Uh, Certainly, if somebody has played good football somewhere, and of course it's all on tape out there, I'm sure that they've got a uh, a database where they can access tape from anybody at any time and and scout players and that type of thing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy industry right Amazing. now, and 
you know, it was Dabo Sweeney uh, uh, just maybe within the last six months that said, we are going through a time of tremendous change. And he said, yet I'm optimistic that when we come out of this in two, three, four years with everything being resolved, that uh, our sport, our industry will be in a better place for it. But getting from point A to point B right now is really Mm -hmm. ugly. And uh, Will or uh, Gene Smith, I'm getting Will Smith, the kid who just committed to Ohio State, <laughs> with the athletic director Gene Smith. Gene Smith uh, basically again reiterated that what Mark Emmert, the guy who's leaving the NCAA, is the empty suit as the head of the NCAA, said we want the federal government, the, the Congress, to step in and enact wow. legislation about name, image, and likeness. And I'm like. You know, do you not watch the, the, the news channels? We, You know, you, you don't want those people involved with whatever your industry <laughs> is because they'll certainly muck it up if you get the federal government wow. involved. So I look at it that this is a problem that Gene Smith, I just throw his name out there as one example, the college yep. commissioners or the conference commissioners like uh, Warren, Man. Kevin Warren, uh, all the commissioners of the different Power Five leagues, the president, they need to get a blue ribbon panel of those people in a room, cross section from every conference, and said, "This is how transfer portal is going to go from now on. This is yeah. how NIL is going to go from now That's on. Amazing. This is how recruiting is going to go from now on." And solve those three issues, and come back to us in a year and put some real rules in place. Right. It is as close to an even playing field as it can possibly be. Because we used to think compliance officer was tough. Now. You've got all this other crap to start worrying about. Steve, I want to ask you about Brian Hartline. Uh, now that Kevin Wilson is leaving, do you believe he's in line to be the next offensive coordinator? Yeah, I think that's a strong possibility because, as as we've said, the word was already kind of out there that uh, they're going to elevate Keenan Bailey, who's been a quality control uh, assistant to the head coach, that type uh, role, not a full-time assistant. Uh, that uh, they're going to upgrade him to a full-time assistance role. And right now there's only 10 of those. So if Wilson's leaving, that's 10 minus one is nine. Mm-hmm. And Bailey is coming on, that gets you back to 10. That tells you right now they are not bringing a new offensive coordinator in from outside the staff. So it would be somebody or two people either acting as a co or one person acting as the, the main coordinator that uh, will fulfill that job uh, going forward, barring some other change to the staff. But that's, that kind of seems to be where it's at right now. Steve Hellwagon is our guest, outstanding Buckeyes beat reporter, Bucknuts.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Steve Hellwagon. Steve, what about the rest of the Big Ten? Ohio State is always ranked number one in the Big Ten, right? We're always looking to see where they are overall, which is usually top ten. But in the Big Ten, They're number one. Well, they haven't won the Big Ten the last two years. Michigan has closed the gap, obviously, and I think Penn State has, too, with Drew Aller, uh, the the quarterback that they got from my hometown, Medina, Ohio, who's going to be their starter next year. The Buckeyes are going to have to deal with him next year. Uh, What about this year and the rest of the Big Ten? Who else uh, had a good recruiting class in the Big Ten? Yeah, that's a good question. As it stands right now, the recruiting rankings, Alabama is one, Georgia two, Texas three, and Miami four. So then after Ohio State, uh, some other notables, you come down, Notre Dame is nine. Then the next Big Ten team is Penn State at 13, and then Michigan at 18. And after Michigan at 18, it's down to Michigan State at 25. So it's the big four from the east are dominating again, and no surprise, you know, they're getting the lion's share of the talent. 
Nebraska, with their new coach, uh, Matt Rule, is the top one from the West at 28. So, um, you know, um, I, I don't want to say the rich just keep getting richer, but that's kind of how it goes with this whole racket. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to get top recruits, and, and now with the portal, the guys can leave after one year and, and be out of your program, and it didn't mean anything for you to, to sign a top recruit if you, you don't actually get any production out of them on the field. So, uh, take it all with a grain of salt, but uh, as of right now, Ohio State is the best class in the Big Ten again, and uh, you know I think that they're going to be right up there uh, for years to come. And obviously, when they go to the twelve-team playoff, you know they're going to be, uh, you know, in that conversation, uh, you know, probably nine out of every ten years. All right, Steve. So uh, a big day here. This is the early signing day. Are there still potential? players that the Buckeyes are in on that they could find out uh, more about them either today or when what used to be the only signing day in February yeah that's that remains to be seen who they might pinpoint obviously they did not find a running back today and right. uh, I think that they could use maybe a little bit more depth at that position unless they're able to go into the transfer portal maybe after the bowl games and, and find a a uh, portal running back so the portal will continue to be open for a few days after the bowls are over, and maybe at that point we'll get a little bit more clarity if there are more players that uh, that they're looking for. But uh, yeah, it, uh, I'd say that's a position, and, and, and maybe maybe one or two other spots. I don't know offhand exactly uh, what what they're looking at. They got quite a few defensive linemen and defensive backs in this class, so you know it just remains to be seen, I suppose. Do you believe Ryan Day? Seeing how this is working, Steve Hellwagon, where um, you know the NIL factor is going to, I think, until they regulate it, uh, affect Ohio State as well as Georgia and Alabama in the recruiting process, do you think he will lean more towards the transfer porthole then and say, all right, you guys want to go uh, offer NIL money to these kids coming out of high school, I'm going to then go poach some players from your team that can help? Yeah, that's a good point. I think you could see that uh, happen. It hasn't happened in this cycle yet. Uh, Ohio State's lost three players into the portal off this year's team, and I think I saw one of them, Taraja Mitchell, a linebacker, is going to go to Florida. Um, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see what uh, if they're able to make some some strategic additions. I think offensive line is, is maybe first and foremost a place that uh, you might see them go find a, a guy, a plug-and-play type guy, uh, they're on the offensive line maybe for this cycle. But, uh, yeah, I think at this point, you know, today they, they wrapped up practice here in Columbus and everybody's going home uh, for a three- or four-day Christmas break, and then they'll be all together in Atlanta on December 26th. And I think that uh, you just kind of have to uh, assume that, that this will all pick up again after the bowl game, and, uh, you know, they'll they'll start back in on this and see what kind of what kind of players are out there. They've had some transfer portal guys visit. But uh, to this point, uh, they haven't had any takers. Uh, they had a guy, A.J. Cornelius, uh, an offensive lineman, I believe, who's going to go to Oregon instead of Ohio State. So did they buy him? I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard yeah. to say. Yeah, it's, uh, you're going to be competing with Nike money now in Oregon, Hollywood money at USC and UCLA. And, oh, yeah, they're coming to the Big Ten. So it's going to get real interesting uh, from that standpoint. Steve, we got about a minute left here for our listeners out there who want more information about each of these kids that did sign with Ohio State as well as uh, the bowl preparation stuff for the game uh, against Georgia. Uh, they can get it on the website, correct? 
Oh, yeah. We have uh, bios and videos of every guy who signed with Ohio State uh, today on our site, and uh, our staff's been over all the developments. I posted uh, the video of Coach Day's comments so you can sit back and, and listen to him talk about these guys. And, you know, it uh, again, he uh, – I asked the last question was, how's the bowl preparation going? And he said the guys have a real good look in their eyes. And, I, you know, whatever was holding them back a month ago, you know, it seems like they've been uh, freed up now. So we'll see uh, if uh, if that will translate when they get on the field down there. Uh, geez, what, in uh, nine days, ten days. So, yeah, it's coming up quick. Steve, great stuff as always. Fantastic work with uh, your team on the website. Keep it up. We'll talk to you again as we get closer to that kickoff uh, for the Buckeyes and Georgia in the semifinals, all right? All right. Take care. Steve Hellwagon, one of the best in the business covering the Buckeyes. Again, bucknuts.com. If you haven't been there, shame on you if you're a Buckeye fan. Make it one of your uh, favorites. Bookmark it, and you can check it out each and every day with the latest news on Ohio State football. 1480 WHBC.